0: The tour content from now through Pesach has been sponsored by the Kofsky family in loving memory of Adira, who loved big ideas and asking big questions. Hello, I am Rabbi Matt Schneeweiss, and this is the Stoic Jew podcast where we explore the relationship between Judaism and Stoicism. Today is not a reading, it is a Stoic Jew interlude. Um, I have been delaying uh, making this episode uh, because of the stupidest reason, okay, which is that I have an episode planned for Erev Yom Kippurim and it happens to line up with Marcus Aurelius Meditations 447, okay? And we just did 445, so I wanted to do one on 446, okay? The problem is twofold, though, is that I did not have any ideas on 446 and I wanted to try to tie it into ideas about Rosh Hashanah that I had, okay? So I had planned to do this uh, after Rosh Hashanah and for several reasons it got delayed uh, for a few days, which I'm going to talk about and then uh on sunday i tried working on it monday tuesday and at this point i'm realizing oh, it's tuesday right now i'm realizing i have really let the perfect become the enemy of the good and what's going to end up happening is either i'm going to end up not recording at all or i'll end up producing a really really bad episode on 446 where i just like you know force it and that's just not what i'm interested in and then i remember this is why i created the stoju interlude uh, which is when I want to make an episode about something that I'm thinking about that has to do with Sto- Stoicism and Judaism, but uh, doesn't connect to any particular text. So that's what we're going to do. Okay. So these are thoughts that I had um, on Rosh Hashanah. Okay, and the thoughts focus on the famous line from the uh, from Unasana Tokayf, from the famous uh, uh, Pute, the you know the liturgical poem Unasana Tokayf, um, which I don't think we know who wrote it. I know it's. Uh, um attributed to the or because i think he told the story uh apparently showed up in the kalir in the sixth century uh so the line i'm talking about is Utshuva utfila Ma'avirin esroa ha'gzera, which means that shuva which we you know loosely translate as repentance we're not going to define what shuva is quite yet uh or maybe not at all <laughs> um chuva tila uh prayer loosely speaking utstaka and uh and, you know, I, you could translate it as uh, charity, but I think that's also a poor translation. You know, uh, righteousness uh, would be a better—righteous uh, acts, I guess, would be a better way to say it. So, tshuva tefila ma'avirin es roa ha They remove—now, this is a critical uh, point here, okay? What do they remove? So, if you look at Art Scrolls translation, and I don't know who uh, translated this particular uh, part, they translate it as uh, that— remove the evil decree. Okay? Um, and I was thinking about this. Yeah, it says, but repentance, prayer, and charity remove the evil decree. Okay? So, uh, I, I don't think this is the first time I've thought about this, but I, uh, uh, I've i been thinking about, you know, I, I guess I think about this every year when I read Unasana toke The real translation is not that they remove the the evil decree. It's Roa HaGazera. Not gzera haraah, right? But roah gzera, the evil of the decree. Okay. Now, um, I think you could you could say it means the evil decree. Okay. And you could say the evil decree just means a um, a uh, a degree that causes destruction or harm. Okay. I I don't like the idea of translating it as the evil decree, and I also prefer the translation as the evil of the decree. Okay. And this is what I'm thinking here. that, uh, first of all, we, we hold that God does not do evil. Okay. And I, this is really, uh, obviously a much bigger topic, um, which the Ramam talks about starting in the 3 310. Okay. Uh, or 3, 8, actually. Um, 3, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, I think, uh, if you really are interested in it. Um, but, uh, I guess for now I'll just rely on authority from the psukim. Okay. From, uh, and again, uh, this is, <laughs> yeah, there are ample sources. This is a huge study uh, about what God's relationship to evil is. But um, the the puzzle that comes to my mind is um, is in Echa, okay, which is uh, which says. Hold on, just one second here. Uh, Echa three. Um, let's start with three uh, thirty six la aves adam brivo adonai lo ra ah uh, you know that this, this is too far back let's just let's just stick to the to the essentials here mi uh, 338 mi pl yon Lo se hara ozvatov from the mouth of the almighty do not come the the evils and the good mayis onin adam Chai, giver a Av. what can a living man bemoan or mourn over Geber al a man over his own sins. Nach ad Hashem. Let us uh, investigate our ways and analyze, and return to Hashem. Okay. The way the Ramam um, uh, treats these p'sukim in Hilchus Teshuva, in in the laws of uh, of of Teshuva, in um, chapter five, is that um, we are the only creatures with free will, and we are the ones who cause our own uh, our our own harm, our own, uh, our, our own evil. You know, God set up the world in a way that is good and runs the world in a way that's good. You know, he, at the end of creation, it says, God saw everything he created and behold, it was very good. Um, and man is the only creature who can really act against that good and produce Ra of his own, produce evil of his own. And the Ram classifies these, uh, these evils in, in, uh, in the Mornabuchim, which I cited before, uh, that there are three types of evil. There are, are evils that are just a result of the fact that we live in a physical world, right? Things deteriorate, things uh, uh, die, things rot, material objects have material limitations. That's the nature of a physical world. The only way to not have that is to not have physicality. Um, The second type of evil is evil that we cause to each other, using our free will to to harm each other. And then the third, the most uh, populated uh, of the categories is the harm that we cause to ourselves. So, um, but God himself does not do evil, okay? So, with that in mind, uh, and again, I, I'm going to say this for the third time. This is a whole study. This is part of the the book of Eov. Um, so, I, I'm not I'm not expecting you to accept that premise uh, just based on my word alone. I'm just saying that that is the premise I'm working with. So, what is this saying here then? Okay. So, what this is saying, uh, I think, in my opinion, of Chuvat filam Zaka remove the evil of the decree, is that um, y- you cannot uh, w- once there is a decree. Okay. Then there are there are cases where we we talk about changing the decree, okay. But then you can't always change the decree, okay. That's not something that's always in your in your ability. And and if you want to know which decrees you can and can't change, then study God's hushgakha, study God's providence or reward and punishment. But I I like the most universalist. Uh, um, interpretation of this pasuk, which is, you can even if you can't change the decree, you can remove the evil of the decree by responding to the decree in a way that that is for good and not for evil. All right, uh, I think I quoted this idea on um, uh, in the episode about Tishavav about how Rav Soloveitchik would say that uh, we can't know. Why God does something, we can't answer the question of madua why, but we can answer the question of lama uh, for what. And the reason why we can answer that question is because whatever happens to you, you can take that and choose to to use that as an impetus to do good. And uh, and you know, it, it should not come as a surprise that I'm thinking this way because what idea have been I've been talking about uh, for many many episodes uh, the last couple of months is uh, the obstacle is the way, uh, or to quote my medallion, uh, the obstacle is the way. The impediment to action advances action. What stands in the way becomes the way. And we've had many episodes on this. Uh, and I think tshuva, tefillah, and sadaka are three um, institutions, three activities uh, that one can utilize to take the gazera ra, the harmful or evil decree that one is facing, and convert it into good. Um, tshuva by taking the the. The raw that has come from the actions that you have done, the bad decisions that you've done, the sins that you've done, and and using that as a uh, as an impetus and a point for growth and for coming closer to Hashem, you know uh, that the uh, you know a, a, a person who I mean I, I've heard this uh, this analogy used with um, you know someone who. Uh, let's say like is, uh, an alcoholic and like, you know, gets into a a drunk driving accident that could either be a a horrible tragedy, you know, uh, that a gzera ra'ah, or that can be the alcoholic hitting rock bottom, which is the beginning of his path to sobriety, you know, uh, and that would be through tshuva. Uh, so, so that tshuva is one way that you can change the evil decree, um, Tfilah is another way, which is not necessarily in relation to past misdeeds, but in relation to the human condition, or in relation to things that you want, you know, bakashos, things that you seek, or in relation to to just contemplating your relationship with God, you know, through shevach, through praise, or hodah, through thanks. Um, and if you—obviously, <laughs> that's a whole— uh, a question of how you do that, uh, uh, you know, that's one of the things that we have a separate podcast for, the Tefillah podcast. Um, and as you can tell, by the way, I'm just sketching out an approach to this. So there's no way I can fill in all of the fundamentals here. Like the Ramam says, Chuva is an area that has fundamentals that it drags along with it. I, I, and this is not a, a, a format for me to spell out these fundamentals. Um, So that would be, for tefillah, is a certain activity of self-reflection in God's framework, which then allows you to take the things that happen to you and relate to them in a manner where you can use them for the good instead of just being subject to a default evil. Uh, and then the third thing is tzedakah, is, uh, is righteousness, where you take the resources that you've been blessed with, um, and uh, or the... Take the deficiencies, you know, the resources that you're that you're lacking, and despite that lack of resources, you can always engage in tzedakah. You know, you can always engage in in utilizing these these uh, you know the limited resources you have, or your your time, or your body uh, and your mind to bring about you know chesed and tzedakah and mishpat in the world. So all of these are examples of taking the bad things that happen to you and then rerouting them. Towards the good, and I think this is a perfect example again of the difference between Stoicism and Judaism. Where in Stoicism you have the obstacle is the way, and uh, and the impediment to action advances action, but but that's not necessarily going to lead you to *leifnei Hashem*. That's not going to lead you to a state where you are living as you were designed. Uh, by the creator as a telamelokeim, as a as a being who's created in the with the with a form and the likeness of God, with a, a truth-seeking intellect who strives to live a life of of you know kindness and justice and righteousness. Um, the Stoics have their own values, and 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 uh, Marcus releases mechanism of the obstacles of the way is a very good tool, but we have to you know harness that and use it, uh, in accordance with our value system and with the, the system of mitzvot. So I was thinking uh, about this on the first day of Rosh Hashanah. Okay. But now we get to an example. Okay. Which is second day of Rosh Hashanah, I wake up and I am feeling horribly nauseous. Okay. Um, nauseous and dizzy and, and, and queasy. Okay. And I thought it had to do with what I ate and drank the night before, okay? Um, uh, I guess part of me maybe thought it might have been some sort of food poisoning. You know, I I wasn't really sure. All I knew is that I tried walking to shul, and I had to turn back because I almost threw up. Um, And uh, managed to daven, and then I just sat on my chair next to the window and was just in this horrible state of nausea, like the type where you can't move your head. Otherwise you feel like you're going to get sick, you know? And I just couldn't do anything. You know, I, I managed to grab a bottle of water and was sitting there like sipping water a little bit. Um, and then I was like, well, what am, what, what am I going to do? You know? And, and the plan had been to go to Shul. The way our Shul works is we, 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 uh, daven at Hanitz, you know, at sunrise. And then after Shacharis, then we, the, the Hanetz minion breaks. And then we all come back together for the Torah reading and Shofar and, uh, and Musaf. So, Um, so I had planned to learn with two of my friends, uh, uh, two of my chavrusas who were going to come over uh, and learn with me. So I was like, you know, are they not, you know, they're going to see that I didn't come to shul and maybe they won't come. turns out they came. They said, you know, they, they sat down as if they were going to learn. And I said, you know, guys like, I feel really, really sick. So then one of them said, um, You know, uh, you know, I, basically one of them offered to go over some ideas with me, and so I could just have a passive like learning role. And I said, you know, what? I don't even think I can, I can concentrate on that. And I, I sent them away, and I was feeling incredibly guilty, like we had planned a whole thing to learn, and I was feeling incredibly unproductive because I wasn't learning. And and uh, and I tried even reading, and I couldn't read, I couldn't concentrate because it was I was so nauseous. And then I started worrying. Oh, am I going to be able to go to shul? Like, what if I can't go to shul? What if I miss the shofar? You know, I'm going to have to, like, go find a shofar some later, you know, later on, and it's going to be a whole hassle. What if I can't go? You know, I'm going to miss the experience of davening with a minion on Rosh Hashanah. Um, and then what about lunch? So all these thoughts are going through my head, okay? And this is an example of what I would call the Gazera Ra, right? It was a decree. I clearly couldn't control it. Um, I tried, you know, I tried drinking water. I even tried eating, and that was really bad. Um... And so what did I do? And I couldn't learn, right? And all I felt like is I was being deprived of the opportunity to do things which would be not only enjoyable, but objectively good. But like, you know, learning and davening and having a a yom tov meal, you know? And hearing shofar, right? So then I basically said, okay, well, what can I do? (laughs) I can use this as an opportunity to do teshuva, okay? And I'm not going to go into the contents of what my teshuva was, but it was spurred by the reflection on on what came before, you know, the, w- w- how I spent my day the day before and also a lot of stuff that I took for granted and then what I was missing out on. Like, what is my relationship with learning Baharusa? you know, um, a friend of mine had a similar situation and and, and said, uh, you know, w- what is my relationship with davening? I, I did not th- think that thought. That was one's, that one's not mine. Um, I mean, I guess I did think about my relationship to davening because I was thinking about uh, missing shul and what that would be, but I didn't think about it in a tshuva way. But the point is, is that I sat there and I was basically forced into the situation where I could either sit there feeling sorry for myself slash feeling nauseous or using it for tshuva, and then it was a type of chuva that was unique because first of all, I mean, I've never done tshuva on Rosh Hashanah itself. And I've never done tshuva from this place of severe weakness and vulnerability and frailty and, and, and feeling like I've been deprived of these, like these, you know, these good things that I'm doing, you know, that I was going to be planning on doing. So it was a unique kind of chuva. And, and what happened from that is that that tshuva ended up being very, very good. Now, it turns out I'm not going to go into the whole story. It turns out this was a stomach bug that tons of people in my community ended up getting. You know, uh, by my count we're over 25 I think now people that I've counted uh, who got sick with this. Um, and uh, and so it turns out that the chuva, you know, not obviously not that the chuva was um, was uh, was uh, lacking in any way, but like you know, I had been assuming that it had to do with you know what I ate or like the fact that I, I drank too much wine at Yom Tov. You know, it the, the point though is that it ended up being um, yesurin being afflictions that led to tshuva, which was good. And by the way, that is exactly the what the Gemara says you should do. Um, in Brachos, daf hey amar aleph, if a person sees that afflictions befall him, he should uh. Probe his actions. Shnemar as it says, Nach pasad Nach korav Let us analyze our, uh, investigate our actions and analyze and return to Hashem, which, by the way, is the same pasuk that I quoted from the cluster of psukim earlier, um, which which are the psukim that teach us that all the evils we bring about to ourselves, and it's not from Hashem, you know? So it's not a gazera ra, it's not from Hashem. Um, so anyway, this is just an example. Oh, and by the way, not only... Did this remove the 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 evil of the gezerah in terms of me? Like, yes, I still was sick, but the sickness ended up being used for good, and I, I I and that was just step one. I mean, I can't tell you how much I have gained from this sickness. Again, I, obviously, there are sicknesses that are so bad that that like you know you can't gain, and that's those are the sicknesses that we ask Hashem to not bring upon us when we say Lo Surim the v'chalayim ra'im. You know that uh, you know erase our sins, but not through. Uh, um, Afflictions and uh, and severe illnesses, but my point is that this was not a severe illness. It, it, it was unpleasant and it was inconvenient, and it did take me away from a lot of learning. But but um and and I, it, I'm sure it was brought about because of my chataim, you know, because of my sins in in some way. Again, lo, look at EO for what that means. But the point is is that through through tshuva tefillah and tzedakah, then we can take. Decrees like this and then remove the evil from them and and make those obstacles into the way, but to the way, the way to Yediyah Hashem and Avodah Hashem, to knowledge of God and service of God. Okay, so... Uh, that is it today for today's episode. Uh, I hope that, uh, I, I apologize for the length of this. Again, you don't understand how much I was spinning my wheels trying to come up with a perfect episode. And I was like, okay, I just got to say my thoughts and, uh, see what happens. And, uh, this is what you get. <laughs> okay. So I hope, I hope, I hope it's beneficial, uh, in, in, in some way. Uh, and we will remember, we will say this again, uh, uh if we, if we live that long, uh, on Yom HaKippurin. So, um, uh, so, so good thing to keep in mind. If you've gained from what you've learned here today, please consider contributing to my Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Alternatively, if you would like to make a direct contribution to the Rabbi Schneeweiss Torah Content Fund, my Venmo is at Matt Schneeweiss, Matt Schneeweiss, and my Zelle and PayPal are Matt at gmail.com. Even a small contribution goes a long way to covering the cost of my podcast and will provide me with the financial freedom to produce even more Torah content for you. If you would like to sponsor a day's or a week's worth of content, or if you are interested in enlisting my services as a teacher or tutor, you can reach me at rabbishneweiss at gmail.com. Thank you to my listeners for listening. Thank you to my readers for reading. And thank you to my supporters for supporting my efforts to make Torah ideas available and accessible to everyone. And I wish everyone a Hasimatova. chasimatova.